In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is a special Broads and Books bonus episode. In our regular episodes on Wednesdays, we tell you about our favorite books based on different weekly themes. In every episode, you get one clear idea. We are obsessed with obsessed. books. Obsessed. It sounds better when we say it in that lower voice. Yeah, it makes me feel obsessed. Yes. And then, because we are obsessed, we had a thought. Those authors that write the books that we love, they may be obsessed (laughs) with books, too. So we figured that we should ask them about their obsessions. Yeah, like just get into the dirt about their obsessions. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what this new bonus series is all about. We're calling it the Broads Talk Books With. Today, we've got Mona Wad. Those of you who've been listening for a while will remember that we recommended both. Both of them. Her books. That's so how good she is. good. Yes. I recommended her first book, 13 Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl, in episode 15, where we talked about body image. And I recommended her most recent book, Bunny, in episode 22, about scary stories. And plus, it was my favorite pick from 2019. Great pick. Yeah. Wonderful. So we got Mona on the phone, and we talked about Everything. Everything. Like, literally everything. Turns out she gets as obsessed about books as we do. She really does, and it was glorious. It was wonderful. She makes so many amazing recommendations, and you will find all of them in the show notes on your podcast player and on our website. You will absolutely find something to add to your increasingly unrealistic to-be-read pile. If you've subscribed to Broads and Books in your favorite podcast player, you'll get each of these bonus episodes right to you. But you can also find them at our website at broadsandbooks.com. Everything that you need, we provide. Everything, Erin. Everything. Everything. And now, here's our interview with Mona Awad. 
I think we like to start off with what was your favorite book as a as a kid or a teen? As a oh, as a teen, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> I gotta go. Which can be very different than as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, as a teen, what did I love so so much? I mean, I've just changed so much. Oh, oh, yeah, I loved the Diaries of Aeneas Nin. So, oh wow, much. yeah, you were sophisticated. Yeah, as a teen. Uh, I, I, I might have <laughs> thought I was, yeah, um, but yeah, no, I adored them. She was just so like frank about her desires and her anxieties and her like, you know, she had what Marion Keys, who I love, is an Irish writer, calls like sudden wild enthusiasms, and she would just like, you know, she just, she just allows herself to be carried away, and I just thought that was such a beautiful thing when I was a teen. She made me so excited um, wow. just about life. Um, and Marguerite Duras, I loved The Lover. I was obsessed oh, yeah. with that book. It, I, I, remember, I remember where I was when I read it. I read it in High Park in Toronto. Um, like, and I remember sitting on the grass and reading it and thinking, oh my God, this is like the most incredible thing that I've ever read. <laughs> you know? And so my first, my first stories oh. were always like written in that spare kind of like way that she has that only really she has. Yeah. And they were so, yeah. they were so pretentious and horrible. Like my, my initial forays. <laughs> I mean, that's a phase. Yeah. That's a phase you have to go through. Right? It, it yeah. totally is. Yeah. But yeah, Marguerite Duras and Anais Nin, I think were my first big loves for sure. Another thing that we've talked about a lot on the podcast is people that had struggled with reading because maybe they were introduced to a classic too soon, or they struggled with a book right out of the gate. Was there anything you struggled with or a classic that you had trouble Thinking, yeah, this is a classic. Yeah, ours was Moby Dick. Oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine. You know, I, I, I kind of had, I had a weird relationship to the classics. I think because I did this kind of roundabout thing. There was like this goth girl in high school that I was uh, kind of obsessed with because she just seemed so amazing and she had all this obscure knowledge of like literature, but her taste was very. I mean, it, you know, looking back on it now, I think it's very much like, you know, an 18 year old goth girl who reads uh, that, that kind of taste. So she so she <laughs> so she loved like the Russians and she loved, you know, like Ca- oh, she loved Camus and she loved Beckett. And, you know, so I read all those things because I was like, well, if Danielle likes those things, I got to read those things. Um, yeah, Danielle if Danielle does. does. And so, you know, that, <laughs> that should be our new bracelet. Yeah, Danielle, Danielle does. <laughs> so like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of fell under that spell. So my, my initial like loves weren't really the classics. There were kind of these more postmodern or, you know, modern texts. Um, mm. And then it was only in my, in my early twenties that I started reading, like I, you know, I read Jane Eyre and I read, I read Jane Austen and um, I, I love Jane Eyre so much. It's such a great book. Um, yeah. It still stands. It up. totally yeah, does. It. Yeah. And, and I mean, all the Austens mm. are, are pretty wonderful. Although I remember feeling with the Austens, like I, I loved them, but when I read Jane Eyre, I was like, yes, she's like telling him the things yeah. like she's actually like yeah. confronting him. There's no <laughs> subtext. There's no like all of this unspoken shit between, you know, the woman and the man. There's nothing like that. There's like she's actually saying all the burning things inside of her to this man. It was yes. the most exhilarating um, moment because I'd read so much Austin, you know, to have like a frank confrontation, a frank admission of of feelings that were messy. Um 
I just thought that was so beautiful. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think, uh, Great way to yeah, it. it's it's something I always come back to is that that moment in Jane Eyre. It's because I remember feeling like, wow, this is somebody who's actually brave enough to to speak her her mind and her heart. You know, um, you're so right. I yeah, I hadn't thought about the fact that she's yeah, she, sometimes she's just like yeah, yeah, out. she just has nothing to lose, yeah. and so. Maybe because she has nothing to lose, you know. Um, So I found that really exhilarating. And um, and then I sort of started going more in the vein of like female writers, uh, you know, who were sort of off the beaten path a little like uh, Jean Reese and Daphne du Maurier and uh, Shirley Jackson. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of more my trajectory in reading Mm -hmm. than it was like the actual, I don't know, the classics written. I didn't actually didn't read a lot of men. I have to be honest, like. Um, yeah, oh, that's wow. yeah, that's awesome. Never I know. That. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I'm kind of glad that I never had that. It's a rare thing. I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of us have had to unlearn some of the things that we learned by reading. Just yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And there's like an <laughs> right. anger. Yeah. I don't know that I think I, I feel because there's something false about the way that that things are presented. And I, I, you know, I resent that I resent that falseness. And so I just, uh, whenever I would encounter it in a book, I would always kind of uh, move away from it. Even F. Scott Fitzgerald, like his kind of, I love F. Scott Fitzgerald. He's, he's, he's a man that I did read and love. Um, but his, his, his depictions of beauty, I found so just awful, very alienating and, and just like, I felt like, how could I ever, and I, of course, would think immediately, like, how could I ever aspire to this? This is like, this is some sort of immortal, vampiric yeah. beauty that no one possesses. Surely even Zelda didn't possess this kind of beauty. Like, and uh, I don't know that there's something about that, those eyes that are just so, I don't know. I just don't like it. I resent it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, res- yeah, <laughs> I resent it. Yeah, I, yeah. I resent it. For sure. I hope that they put a new issue of that out and you can put a blade on it that says, I, <laughs> I resent it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those eyes, I resent yeah, it. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and I think everyone would yeah. get it. They'd yeah. be like, exactly. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you talked us through some of um, you know your favorites when you were younger and then into your 20s. What books do you think made you want to be a writer? Oh, um, um, that's a great question. Um, I think Dorothy Parker made me want to be a writer um, oh. because of the way that she wrote her stories. I love dialogue so much. I love the way people talk to each other. And I, lo- I actually, you know, for all my Jane Austen, just come on, say the thing. I love that. Su- I love I love <laughs> subtext so much and all the unspoken shit, you know, that's like under yes. dialogue. And, mm-hmm. and Dorothy Parker is totally in that vein and, and just knows how to do that in such a beautiful way. And so all of her stories made me really excited about storytelling because of the way that she wrote, there's yeah. like, there's like the scene kind of quality to it. And there's definitely kind of like a theatrical quality to them, you know, cause they're so dialogue driven. Yes. Um, and so I love that. I love her wit and, and, you know, her, her sense of darkness and yeah, just incredibly beautiful, funny, um, biting stories that were just filled with her anger, but also all of her vulnerabilities as a woman. And I love her monologues too. Like her monologues are hysterical. Um, you know, like there's one about, uh, about her waiting for a phone call from a guy 
and and it's so good and there's another one she does where her character is just getting drunker and drunker and like embarrassing herself more and more and oh, so God. i think it's called it's i, I never no me that. neither yeah it's, it's so good i think it's called just a little one just a little one because because in the story that the the, the okay. character is just having just another little one you know just another another drink and then she's like totally loaded by the end of the conversation and and the voice Brilliant. is just kind of careening into darkness and you're just along for the ride. So it's very immersive. And I love that, that, that kind of immersive monologue style or the dialogue kind of mm-hmm. things that she does with those tensions between two people that come out and the way that they talk to each other, her for sure. And then, um, there's a book by uh, Rebecca Godfrey, who I talk about a lot. Um, she's a Canadian writer, um, and she wrote this novel called The Torn Skirt, which is pro- okay. probably like, it's definitely my favorite contemporary novel. Um, oh, great. Wow. Yeah, I just love it so much. And it's about, it's about a teenage girl who gets kind of... Um, drawn into committing this crime and it's this this incredible kind of fever dream book um and it's got this incredible teen girl voice like it's basically i feel like it's the catcher in the rye for for young girls um oh, oh. yeah okay you can't see us right now but both of our <laughs> eyes are just like oh, <laughs> really yeah it's so good it's so dreamy and and so rich and burning and the voice is so kind of like i don't know it's like raw but vulnerable and it's like posturing because it's de- like she's trying to defend herself, you know, because she's she gets she gets drawn into into this into this act, you know, and but she's like ultimately just a girl, and it's just beautiful, you know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Listen, Putting that on the list. I'm yeah. going to need a guarantee from you that you're never going to start a book podcast because <laughs> you're way too good at this. <laughs> you're going to put us to shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. A beautiful description of the book. Yeah, she's, she's, I mean, I'm obsessed with that book. She knows actually, like I, I actually had the, had the good fortune of, um, of, of meeting her this summer and, and, but I have been like evangelical about this book for, for years. And I actually read it every spring again, cause I just love it so much. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, shifting gears a little yeah. bit, we want to talk a little bit about what are some of the books on your to-be-read pile now? Like what are a few that you can share that you're looking forward to reading? Oh, that's really, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I just picked up Night Boat to Tangiers um, by Kevin Ooh, Barry. Yeah. That looks really good. I'm excited about it. I did love Beckett when I was a teen, you know, and not just because of Danielle. I mean, because of Danielle, but <laughs> but I did think I good old, <laughs> good old Danielle. But those play, I thought those plays were incredible, and I know that there's kind of like a Beckett quality to the book. So I'm 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 excited about that. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I'm just trying to think because I brought a whole bunch of books with me, and it's oh, all it's always the case that. Like the minute I I think about my pile, I'm like, wait, what's on it again? I don't remember. Of course, I know. You know? Yeah, it's same. like when we ask about a book, and then all books just a run from. Me. <laughs> they <Yeah>. always do. <laughs> like I've never read. A book. I know. Yeah. I know. Um. Oh, I, I do have to say. Um. So I fell in love with Carolyn Kapnis's You uh, yes. last year. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so, so good. good. What a great voice she's got. Like for that character. Right. Oh, I just love that bookseller so much. Um, so yeah, I'm reading, I'm going to read Hidden Bodies. I brought it with me. I've been saving oh, it, you know, um, prepare yourself. Oh, really? 
that is a that's a twisty ride. Is it? Oh, I'm excited. It is. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because she's I think she's a great writer. I love that she character. Is. Yeah. And that's another like that's I just love that immersive kind of voice. So that's why I love David Mitchell. I I he's yes. he's for sure like one of my favorite contemporaries. And I think I did mm-hmm. bring Slade House with me to reread oh, cool. again. Yeah. I've read yeah. it already, but I just love it so much. I loved that it was just this very brief offshoot. Of I know. I know. It was so cool. It yeah. was so cool. Did you do you like the bone clocks too? I did. God, oh, God. I, I that affected me so deeply yeah. at the end. I'm not a big crier or anything, but I know. those last like 10, 20 pages yes. I was crying. I know. Yeah. I mean it was like a whole life. Like yes. it's just incredible. I, I I recently uh listed that. I think it was in Lit Hub as my favorite book of the decade. It def- oh wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good choice yeah. I mean because it sticks with you I know long after you've read it and yeah. and I mean how incredible like I always say he's like the kind of like the Daniel Day-Lewis of writers because he can do this thing yes. with voices it's just he's just got a gift for just going into people who are totally different than him and yes and he, yes. you believe it. In fact, it. he inspired, yeah, he inspired some things that I wrote and I did not write it very well. But it was like very, <laughs> like, I was just thinking, you know, how when you read something that immersive, like you said, it's just very inspiring mm-hmm. and very exciting. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, um, awesome. Okay. So thinking about books that you are planning on reading, um, what's a book that surprised you recently that you have read? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Heavens by Sandra Newman which was Ooh. unbelievable. Like I, 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 I wrote, like I, I never post a, like a review on Goodreads ever. And I, I had to write, I'm in awe of this book, all the stars. Cause wow. I was in awe of it. Um, and it did surprise me because initially I wasn't, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. Um, Cause it's set in the early two thousands and it's about a couple. Um, at first, that's what you think it's about. It's about this couple and their, their, the, the beginning of their romance, but really, what it's about it's it's about the woman and she uh every night she 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 goes to sleep and she dreams herself into elizabethan england um where she's having a a relationship with uh shakespeare oh my god yeah and uh and when she and this is this is the most genius part of i mean that the parts in elizabethan england are so incredible like they are so incredible and there's something so moving about them because it's somebody's dream like it's a dream you know um so the way that it's written is just it's I don't know. It just feels so alive and vivid and there's a dreamlike quality to it, but it's believable the way she writes it. It's, it could be either, or she could actually be there, or this could just be a dream that she's there, you know? Um, but when she wakes up, she's actually altered, uh, contemporary life, like reality. Um, the, the, because she's gone back in time. Um, yeah. So things keep, things keep (laughs) shifting, like little things at first keep shifting. Like, uh, for example, she wakes up and she no longer has vertical blinds. She has curtains or it could be the other way around, but like just these, like these small things and, 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 and they start to accumulate these differences and they get graver and graver and her relationship to current events. She starts to see herself as kind of, um, like a, an architect, like of, of, of like, current events going on and it's set right before 9-11 so it's really 
Wow. Yeah, it's it's but you don't know if she's crazy um, or if it's really happening. I mean, it, uh, Sandra Newman really walks this beautiful line in the book where it's it's not certain um, and it's it's so moving. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, wow. I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, you got to add it. That's amazing. It's incredible. Okay. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings us to how do you usually find your book recommendations? Um, well, I was a bookseller for a really long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, and, that's amazing. And so what I would do uh, when I got the like very coveted job of working in the – I used to work in a bookstore called The World's Biggest Bookstore. It was literally called that. And <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It looked, was it actually the biggest bookstore? It looked like a Walmart. I mean, it really did. It was like the, the lighting. It was like all neon lights in there, you oh, know. Oh, it was hideous. Sure. It was hideous. But it was huge. And this was in the nineties and they had like a, they had like a tarot, a tarot section that was just this glass case full of tarot decks. Like that's how amazing this bookstore was. There was an occult section. There was like a, the fiction section was like an entire, I don't know. It was like, um, like, I don't know, probably a mile of like shelves, (laughs) you know, it was, it was just, it was amazing. So I would just, um, I would pretend to be dusting the shelves and I would just like kind of like go through and, <laughs> and, and find things like cold, cold buys. I love cold buys, you know? Um, so I would just, uh, I fell in love with the way that books were described on the back and that's how, yeah. and booksellers are really like, there is kind of like a high fidelity quality to the way that booksellers love things, oh, you know? That's an amazing image, um, yeah. so like they just, they, I, I would get recommendations from other booksellers. Um, mm-hmm a lot of the time. And then, um, I, I, now I tend to get my recommendations from, I still booksellers. I love asking booksellers what they're reading. Cause they usually, they usually have like some good hidden knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. and then also, um, writers whose uh, writing I like now I'm fortunate enough to sometimes be able to meet people in person and, Um, I get, I mean, like Lauren Acampora, I love her work so much. And she's the one who recommended that I read Sandra Newman's The Heavens. So that's why I read it. Um, you know, and then, so you need to follow her. Yeah, exactly. Anything Lauren Acampora likes, I'm down for. Um, so she's the new Danielle. She's totally Danielle. Yeah. She's awesome. (laughs) Please tell me, please tell me she dresses in goth makeup. She, she definitely has a goth soul. I will, I like there there is for sure, for sure. And actually her book, the paper wasp is really wonderful too. It's very kind of, um, Lynchian. It's, it's a kind of like a Mulholland drive type novel. It's wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Man, okay, so first off, Aaron and I are getting way too many books to add to this episode, but that's wonderful. Um, but, you know, as as I think you know, we recommended actually both of your books oh, in separate that's episodes. Awesome. Um, we we loved Bunny so much. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. <laughs> but just thinking about, you know, and I know you and I had talked about this for Adroit Journal as well, but what do you think are some of your classic horror/scary book favorites? Oh, okay. Um well, for sure, Slade House by David Mitchell. I mean, that's, you yes, know, that was yeah, actually great. very important to Bunny. Um, yeah, I read it. Oh, I read man. it. I read it after I had hip surgery and I was on a lot of drugs and um, oh, and in a very vulnerable place, you know, like, I, you know, yeah. um, and I read it and I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. I mean, this this kid is going to be devoured by these monsters and he sees his soul. Yeah. He sees his soul. I mean, it's the most beautiful moment just before he I don't want to, okay, I guess I, no, no spoilers, but, um, that, that moment where the, 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 
this character sees his own soul. I just mm-hmm. thought it was the most beautiful thing. And it was a horrific moment, but it was this yeah. moment of wonder as well. And that, that was a huge inspiration for Bunny that, that, that horror could be wonder and wonder could be horror, you know, that those two things together Ooh, work. Yeah. Um, they, they, are, they actually can be experienced um, at the same time. Um, so, wow. so, for, so Slade House was so important. Um, and then I, you know, I love Shirley Jackson so much. And, um, and there was, yep. there was a novel that I read, uh, by her, um, called Hangs a Man. And, uh, it takes place, um, I think at Bennington College. And it's about this kind of unstable girl and her relationship to another kind of unstable girl, <laughs> you know? Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yep. so that, that one for sure. Um, and, and the, like this character is not a character that you can really trust. Her concept of reality is very skewed and, um, mm-hmm. and you're definitely like, but you're occupying that perspective. So you're in it with her. And so when things begin yeah. to kind of veer darkly off course, um, you know, you definitely question what's real and what's not. And, uh, that was mm-hmm. just a beautiful, like exhilarating, but dark, um, experience. So I love hangs a man. Um, and Hangs a Man was, is, is probably an all time favorite along with, um, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, which yeah. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, excellent. That's so interesting. We can see some, just from the way you describe it, some through lines from those books. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I have to say, I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't, uh, agree with me about this. And I did read this after I finished Bunny, but, um, I think the Pisces is, kind of horrific. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved it so much. Like I, mm-hmm. that book, I mean, it's all, there are parts of it that are almost unreadable because it's just so visceral that it's like, it, it kind of crosses a line for me. It's almost like, like um, American Psycho, which was really, um, oh, that yeah, that's a yeah. favorite for me for sure. And that was a big influence on 13 ways um, of looking at a fat girl oh, yeah. for sure. Um yeah, that Patrick Bateman character, like just how it, the, all of the obsessions with clothes and I don't know, it's just he's like a monster, Huey but he's a, he's a, he's produced. <laughs> yeah, oh God, I know the Huey Lewis. Oh my God, he's so great. What a great book that was. It is. Um, you're right about some parts you have to almost put down, like you can't quite. You have to. too much. It was, yeah, yeah, it was too much for me. I I had to I had to like kind of sift past them, but it was yeah. all worth it for the ending. I mean yes. the. The ending is is unbelievable. Um, I just love that those final moments of being in this like kind of cold soul. Um, but I, I, another one that was really important for Thirteen Ways, and it's and it's definitely one of my favorite books of all time, uh, is The Remains of the Day by oh, Kazuo Shiguro. Yes. Yeah, I love that book. I love I love how the narrator is has these pockets of blindness Yes, um, that the reader is, the reader knows about right. the blindness, but the narrator doesn't know and is proceeding um, with this idea of the way things are. And it's, there's something so heartbreaking about that. Yes. And um, how your sort of opinion of him is changing as you're reading. Yeah. That's, yes. That's yeah. I just love, so those two, I would say for sure. That's um, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More, more to add to the pile. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, scribbling. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even I'm like, Oh, I gotta get all these down. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, okay. So you've been on book tour now mm-hmm. and hopefully it sounds like you have a little bit of a break, but yes. I imagine, especially with both of these books that mm-hmm. you've written, you have some very interesting, 
um, and devoted fans, perhaps. And mm-hmm. it makes us wonder, like, do you have any, have you had any strange fan interactions at any of the book <laughs> tours that you're willing to share? <laughs> oh yeah, um, I was. It was actually kind of kind of great. Like I, um, there I had some really um, amazing fans in uh, when I went to the Calgary Word Fest, which is a wonderful festival. Um, there was some. Uh, there was a girl who was named Samantha. Um, oh, I know, and she was like, she asked me to draw uh, a picture of a bunny so she could get it tattooed. <gasps> Oh, um, okay. yeah. So I did. I drew a picture of a buddy <laughs> for her and I warned her that I can't draw. And that my ex, <laughs> my, my ex-husband used to actually, he used to ask me to draw things just so he could laugh at what I drew. Oh, okay. Oh. First off, asshole. Yeah. Second, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So your so, art is on somebody's body, perhaps. It might be. It might be. She might've done it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she was, she was a pretty, um, you know, uh, she was like a pretty serious fan and that was really moving. And then I, I there was another girl there. Um, who was, she was, I could tell that the book meant like a great deal to her. And it it was actually very moving to hear her talk about it. She was, she was clearly, she clearly felt like it was her book. And I, I I know how that feels. Like I actually kind of just felt like, wow, I, I, you know, I, I know what it feels like to have this kind of relationship to a book. I have those books in my life and I'm just so honored that I could, you know, that that she that that bunny has has become that book for her. Um, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it was really wonderful. And then there was another girl who brought a notebook with her, and she had these things she wanted to tell me that she observed. Oh boy! And she kept referring to the notebook, like while she was talking to me and pointing at it. But I never saw what was in the notebook. I just it was very important for her to keep referring to it because that's where her notes were. And I just, I thought that was. Did she record this conversation? No. Is it coming out somewhere? No. But I was, I remember like she was so earnest and I remember being like, I mean, I I remember being really moved by it. I didn't really have answers for her, 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 you know, observations. Um, Were they observations about the book or just like in general? There were connections that she was making between, um, yeah, between Bunny and and 13 Ways that she really wanted me to. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like style things that I do that she picked up on, like little style things, like how I move back in time a lot and within like a, you know, how I do like flashbacks and kind of layer flashbacks and stuff. She was really interested in showing me how she observed that. And I thought that was really cool. Like she was, it was very, she took it very seriously. And I think it was, yeah. So that was time where you just like, yep, I meant to do that. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yep. All on purpose. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you noticed. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had one 70 year old woman tell me that I'm 70 years old and I still feel like a fat girl. And she was oh like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that was really, really moving. Um, I saw her in person. Um, she came to one of my my events, and she told me oh, that. Wow! And I, I felt I felt really like touched by that, and kind of heartbroken. Yeah, I just want yeah. to yeah. hug her for yeah. a long time. I know, right? <laughs> um, so that was really wonderful. Thirteen Ways was actually really moving that way. I had a lot of very people who like very seriously. Oh, connected with the voice. Um, yeah. In a very yeah. personal a way, very I would imagine. Topic, yeah. 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 So that was awesome. Yeah. Well, is there anyone, you mentioned one before, but anyone that you've wanted to meet author-wise that you've gotten to meet? 
Um, I'm just trying to think here. Let me see. There have been a few people. I mean, I, I Emma Donahue's first book. I don't know if it was oh, yeah. her first book. Um, it might have been her second book. Uh, that she wrote a collection of fairy tales that I just adore called Kissing the Witch. It's oh, wow. it's it was written in the '90s, and it, it's so they're wonderful. And a play was made of the collection that I saw in Toronto, and. Um, and and so I I I I was like a rabid fan of hers for all like for for my teens and twenties and and so when I got to meet her I, I met her on the on the Giller tour because um, we were both up for the the Giller Prize in twenty sixteen um, oh, she yeah, yeah she had written a book called The Wonder which is really beautiful uh, that yes, I I loved I yeah so I got to meet Emma Donahue and that was a huge uh, moment for me. And I, you know, told her so for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I met Kelly Link's husband, um, at a, at a, at a, at a writing festival and told him that I was a huge fan of hers. Cause I am a huge <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. Say, pass the song. Yeah, pass, pass the song, please. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and on Amy Bender, I'm such a huge fan Ooh. of Amy Bender's and I did mm-hmm. get to meet her, um, last spring. So that was really wonderful. And in yeah. all of those situations, you you kept your cool. Everything went okay. I think I did. I mean, I, good, I good. yeah. I mean, I did not keep my cool when I met Jeanette Winterson. Let me tell okay. you, I wrote I wrote her a really creepy note on legal, like on a legal pad that was pages long. I was twenty two, and and I I brought her flowers, and she promised me she would read the note, and I pray that she never read that note. I I pray that she lost it because that was that, that was the single most embarrassing interaction. Or she's had her eye on you for a long time. Like she's she might, yeah. She's like, let's restrain this one. Oh let's my god, <laughs> so embarrassing, so embarrassing. She was an obsession. I was obsessed with Jeanette Winterson, like obsessed. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. did you get a tattoo of her uh, person? <laughs> I did not. I did. Okay, I did not so go that far. There's levels. There's, yeah, levels. there's levels. Yes. There's definitely <laughs> levels for sure. <laughs> so, question: Since you've you know you've published your two books and you know, had writing process for a long, long time. But has your love or joy of reading changed since you've become an author? Yeah, it really has. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. I wish this weren't the case. But there are times when I have to, first of all, there if I'm working on something, which I almost always am, um, there are certain books that I just can't read because I don't want to get hooked into another voice. And, you know, um, oh, yeah. sure. so, you know, I, or, or maybe I won't read uh, translation during that time because I want, um, because there's a way that, you know, I, I, I don't, I want to read things that are written in English. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to, I don't want to read a translated text, although sometimes translated texts are so beautifully translated that it just kind of, I don't know, it, it goes beyond that and it gets elevated to this level where you're like, wow, okay, this is amazing. Um, Such Small Hands by Andres Barba. I wrote that translator a fan letter because I loved her translation so much. Um, of such Was small hands. <laughs> no, I'm getting better at being not creepy. I used to be okay, such okay, a okay. fangirl. Like I'm, 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 I'm frightening. I think I'm a little frightening in my, in my fandom, but um, no, I can't, I can't, there, there are books that I have to be like, well, I'm working on this thing. So I can't read things in third person or I can't read things yeah. from a male perspective or I can't, you know. Um, but then there are other times where I'm like, Oh, I can't not read this book just because of that. I'm going to just, you know, going to read anyway but it 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 is now it really does feel like my reading and my writing are i don't know one determines the other yeah you know sense. so i don't love that and i i'm i think i'm less 
I'm, uh, I might put books down faster sometimes. Yeah, I might. Yeah. Yeah. I think we found just even doing this podcast, we, we do that much more freely and readily, which can be good, but also we probably miss out on some stuff. I think so too. Yeah. 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 So I'm always like proud of myself when I push through because sometimes it's very rewarding, but I found that often I'll push through and it's not. You know, yeah. um, and that's We've only got so much time, right? Exactly, yeah. and there are so many books. So, well, what's a book that you think everyone should read? That you demand that everybody read? It's a lot of power. Yeah, and that's yeah. that is yep. a lot mm-hmm. of power. Um, <laughs> I do love David Mitchell so much, yeah. and I, yeah. I just think, I mean, if it's if I'm choosing a contemporary book, I would probably choose cloud atlas or mm-hmm. i would you know um or maybe i would choose bone clocks just because of the you know i yeah. i don't know i love the picture of a whole life like that it's so wonderful i i guess i would maybe also choose a book by jean reese like uh, there's just a way that she writes loneliness that i think is very i don't know i think would make people maybe more empathetic um yeah. it's just it's very again it's a very like immersive voice of somebody who is kind of invisible. And, um, and I think it's, I don't know, there's just so much beauty in the way that she captures that kind of alienation and that kind of invisibility and um, that kind of sadness um, that you can just feel just by virtue of just being alone, you know? Um, So maybe, maybe, maybe a book by Jean Reese, any of them really would fit Mm -hmm. that bill. Mm -hmm. You know, she's every single book is kind of about that sort of loneliness. Um, so yeah, I think maybe yeah. Jean Reese no, or David Mitchell. Yeah. 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 And I think uh like you said, David Mitchell for empathy as well, just being able to dig into someone's soul and body for a hundred pages at a time. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. And maybe the remains of the day, you know, that's oh, another yeah. Yeah. wonderful one that I would say. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think, you know, we every episode we also, because pop culture is everywhere. We yes. talk about some of the things we're obsessed with, you know, TVs, movies, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. What are you obsessed with right now? Yeah. I mean, I could watch British skin fluencers on YouTube forever. Like, um, like what? yeah, like, um, like Car- Carolyn Hirons, um, you know, uh, she's like, a she used to be a facialist, but she does all these like, um, like sort of, they're sort of vlogs about, about, um, skin products and skincare products and she just reviews them she reviews product and she's wonderful she's so like smart and funny and um and and so you know like all all of the women like her they're actually like a whole there's a whole community of british women who who do this um so like nadine baggett and um sally hughes and they're all wonderful and funny I um, wish you could see our facial expressions right now because we're like, we didn't know this existed. This I know. Amazing. Oh, there's a whole world. Uh, yeah, and Gotha, <laughs> Gothamista is wonderful too. She's not British. She's in New York, but she she does a lot of reviews of K Beauty and, and J Beauty products, and oh. she's she's you know got stunningly incredible skin. Um, so it's kind of more like a very it's a voyeurism thing to kind of watch her. There's like a the fascination there um, for sure that I don't know how healthy it is. And then I, I, I love Marion Keys, the Irish writer. She does weekly vlogs and there oh. she is. She is so funny, but she's, you know, she suffered from depression and she's a recovering alcoholic and she has body image issues. And, and she talks about all of that very openly and in a way that's just so, I don't know. It's so comforting that she's just so open and so smart and perceptive. Yeah. And 
she's really wonderful. Like her vlogs are brilliant and she's incredibly funny. I mean, I would recommend watching her blog, her vlogs if you're in a, you know, if you need to be cheered up and you're interested in people who talk about the writing life and who talk about just being a woman. And I don't know. She's, she's, she's wonderful. Marion Keys. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds wonderful. Especially at this time of year when we need some Yes. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, kind of selfish question for you, but I know the last time you and I talked, uh, news had just come out that Bunny is being adapted. Yeah, any news that you can share at this point? Have you uh, been working on that? Yeah, um, I, the the latest news is that the pilot the pilot has been written and the pilot is excellent. Um, oh, it's written wonderful. by this yeah this uh, she's a she's a, a playwright, but she's also like a I think she's been a showrunner for AMC before. Um, her name is Megan Moston Brown, mm-hmm. and she is um, she has now been given the green light to write the rest. I think. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I'm excited to read more and, and see what she's done because she's. I think we have a good like shared sensibility. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I kind of wish they add a character named Danielle, though. With I know, <laughs> I know, Danielle. Oh gosh, yeah. Wonder what she's up to. I yeah. know, I know. Yeah. I wish I could tell her. Like you know, you kind of like lit up my reading life. Like you know, <laughs> totally changed it. Yeah. Aaron, oh, that just happened. It did. And it was glorious. It was so glorious. What was one of your favorite things? Well, overall, the way that she talks about books. Yeah, it's you were having a real moment. And you were afraid. <laughs> and I'm so scared that she's going to start a podcast because she would murder us. Yeah, she'd be direct competition oh. and directly straight up murder us. And I can't do what would require a takedown because I love her too much. <laughs> you couldn't be cold and calculating no, like you would be in other no, situations. Yeah, it's no, true. She's too wonderful. It's true. Um, I loved goth Danielle <laughs> so much. Uh-huh. I want to make like, you know, how people do the what would uh, Jesus do bracelets. I want to do a what would Danielle do bracelet. That seems like a good plan. Yeah. I mean, I it think. might be pretentious, but hey, it'd be great. It would be great. It would be great. Yes. Also loved hearing about where she worked at a bookstore that was like a Walmart of books. that yes. had all these amazing sections. But also I liked the way she described it and it sounded terrible too. I know. We were both like, oh. And then she kept describing <laughs> like, yep, it. Yep, like, yep, oh, it sounds bad. Yeah. But yep. it's great. Yeah. A lot of books. And the yeah. fact that she took full advantage of Good that. For her. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed her fan interactions. Yeah. The yeah, one that for sure. had her draw a bunny so that she could tattoo it on her person. Which I was simultaneously awestruck by and then almost kind of jealous. Like yeah. maybe I should have a bunny tattoo. I, know. I mean, maybe she would draw us like yeah. a bunny and we could both. Yeah. I mean. Like a ride or die bunny. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked um, the fan that brought a notebook of observations and then sort of never really showed it to her, but expected her to like, be like, yes, yes, I get it. But also so cool that so cool. she loved those interactions so much and how yes. personal everything is to her because she writes such personal books. So yes. it's awesome to hear that other audience, you know, readers are getting that same level out yeah. of them. It has to be such an interesting and rewarding experience to have that level of fandom. Yes. But also maybe scary in some ways too yeah for sure well and that one where she mentioned that the old woman that came up and said that she still feels like the fat girl i mean talk about a poignant moment from after writing that book Mm -hmm. to have someone connect to it that way i mean 
that that reading experience was so personal to me too yeah, that I can imagine was. that some of those fan interactions are just loaded with all kinds of emotional feelings and discussions. Absolutely. And, but she's the perfect person. Who wouldn't want to talk to her right, about everything? Right. Um, I love too that, as we said, she's as obsessed about books yes. and people as we are to the point where she wrote a creepy fan letter on legal paper right. to her favorite author. That's... Terrific. Do you think it would be bad if we wrote her a creepy fan letter on legal paper now that we have this connection? No, I feel like we should. I think she would honor yeah, it, right? I She'd think be she real would. Happy yeah. I mean, it. go one of two ways. So maybe some like dried petals along with. <laughs> oh, all right. That's the next level. Um, sure, 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 sure. Yep. Yep. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, um, British skin fluencers? I'd never heard of these words no, put together. Never had. And then in finding some of the links for this episode, it's a whole other world, Erin. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. But, but I could see how it'd be very entertaining as well. Yeah. I I mean, I put it on my list because I got to know. Yeah. And if she likes it, I, I mean, all those book recommendations were phenomenal. Yeah. So I have to believe all of her recommendations are treating, phenomenal. Yeah. Maybe I've been treating my skin wrong. Maybe the Brits know well, what they're doing. Well, that's for sure I've been treating my skin wrong. But <laughs> that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this was wonderful. And we will be back next Wednesday with our regular weekly themed episodes. In the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com. Check out all of those episodes. And if you've missed any, now's a perfect time. Get listening. And like we said, this is a new series of bonus episodes we're providing. Have you seen and heard them all? You should have. Adrian Broder, mm-hmm. Angie Kim. There's more coming. So much more coming. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got tons to help you figure out what to read next and make you laugh. And if we've done that, we'd love a review. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can give us a review on Podchaser. You can email us directly with your creepy fan letter of say, love. We'll take it on a legal we pad. We'll take it all. With pressed flowers. <laughs> will do. If you've been listening to our regular themed episodes, you know we've taken some great listener ideas too. So if you have a theme suggestion or a challenge, send it our way. God, we'd love to hear it. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, broadsandbooks.com. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open? The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) 
because now this is this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.